Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Golden Point Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Foster. On today's episode, we're coming to you with the same format that we had last week. We've I've changed things up here on Golden Point Sports. Today, my guest is Brad Winter. Now, he's, he's come on before, and he's, uh, he's come on before to talk about the uh, college football time. And I believe, Brad, have you – I can't remember. I've, I haven't done a whole lot of these episodes yet, but I've had many guests on. Were you also on when we talked about – did we talk about the AFC North together? Uh, we did not talk about the AFC North. Yes, okay. else, which is fine. That's right. But, uh, That's I, was, right. I was on uh, after week two of the NFL – you were okay. That's what that's what I'm thinking of. Okay, see, and I just I've had so much going on and so many different guests, and I just uh, you know I I guess I just completely forgot. But anyways, um, so and that's right. You know what? Because you were the one who brought the who brought the guest back in the host versus guest predictions. Uh, you brought them back within like one, I believe. Okay. And then, uh, but now I believe the score is. I haven't looked at it. I haven't looked at it too much. But uh, but by the time that we do host versus guest predictions, I'll have that tallied up. But nonetheless, Great. let's let's jump into it. Uh, okay. You know, the week six of the NFL season, I guess you could say was interesting. Uh, I don't think that I don't think that we found a lot of things out except for maybe the fact that the Rams are or not the Rams. I'm sorry, the Forty ers I, I think they're. I think they're truly for real. I mean, I really do. I, you know, I, I thought that they were for real last week after they put the whooping that they did on the Browns. But you know, having a dominating win. Yeah, they only won twenty to seven against the Forty Nine or the Rams. But it was one of those wins where, you know, they were they played their kind of game and they played it good at the Rams facility. Which, by the way. Mm-hmm. The 49ers fans seemingly took it over, and uh, shout out to your fans as well, the oh, Steeler okay. Nation, for mm-hmm. uh, for taking over the other LA team stadium. It was a uh, it was a 49ers and a Steelers uh, extra home game, I guess you could say. Yeah, I I would say that it was the 49ers too. Uh, yeah, I think they've really shown that they're legit. I don't think anybody had them uh, at all at six and zero. Uh, or five and zero. I think they're at five and zero. They had a bye week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think anybody had them at five and zero and thinking they're a legit contender in NFC. Uh, but they've, I think they've also shown throughout the season uh, that they've been able to play close games and still win. Um, and so, I mean, against the Steelers, they had five turnovers uh, and they still came out with a victory. Uh, thank you, right. James Conner. But uh, so anyway, so yeah, so Forty ers are definitely pretty legit. So. You know, and the thing with the 49ers, too, is, is you know, they had that – they had a, a victory against the Buccaneers at the beginning of the season where they had to basically just pull it right out. Uh, I mean, you know, they just kind of – they they didn't look too great, honestly. Um, it's kind of back and forth with the Buccaneers. Maybe they're not that bad either. But uh, maybe it's Jameis Winston who's bad for them. But nonetheless, yeah. um, you know – the thing with the 49ers, the last two weeks, I think they've really shown that they're for real. The Again, the beatdown that they've had on the Browns. And then, you know, you, you go into Los Angeles and you take down the defending Super Bowl runner-ups. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's – I mean, that's not a – I mean, that's not an easy case. Uh, I don't know if the Rams are currently going through a, um, you know, the the Super Bowl slump, the after Super Bowl slump or what. Uh, but, you know, it's it, it seemingly that has taken a effect on a lot of teams. And I, the, Raven, the Rams may be next. And, by the way, the Rams, they just traded away Marcus Peters to the Ravens. Yep. And then they put Aqib Tlaib on IR. So, the Rams, I mean, they're not rebuilding, obviously. But I guess they look at it like, well, our defense isn't that great anyways. And so, we might as well, uh, you know, I guess build for the future as far as the defense goes. Yeah, I mean, they give up like 55 points to the Bucks. Uh, but I will say something that's cool about the 49ers is uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, I think, are doing a great job there. Uh, 49ers to start off, or it's their first 5 0 start since 1990. Wow. Well, I mean, I listen, I the 49ers, and, and I know we got to get off of them and we have other teams to talk about, <laughs> but if if we get into a situation where it's the 49ers versus Patriots in the Super Bowl, we get we get JG versus Tom Brady. That would see, be, yeah. I mean, that would be pretty epic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, I, I don't want to say, you know, there's plenty of teams. I, I, You and I both know how the Bengals a couple of years ago started out. Uh, you know, they started out, what, 4 or 5 and 0, oh, you know, something like that. Sure, and yeah. uh, they didn't make the playoffs, I believe, or they barely made the playoffs. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the Chiefs done the same thing a couple of years ago as well. And, you know, now granted the Chiefs are – well, they're different now with, with Patrick Mahomes. And speaking of the Chiefs, we can jump into the next if you want. Um, the Chiefs, do teams just – does did the Colts game – did the Colts just – I don't know how – I don't know if you'd say, I, I guess, figure out how to, beat the, how to beat the Chiefs. Is that to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field? Yeah, I mean, I think that's really going to be the way it has to be because their defense is very – I mean, their defense is not very good for, right. for the Chiefs. So I, I think yeah I mean I think that's the way you got to beat them is keep Mahomes off the field, uh, keep keep Tyreek Hill off the field. I mean they have too good of an offense to allow them to go up and down the field. You're right, you're right, and and they got Tyreek Hill back this week. He was looking good. I mean the the Chiefs they started out in that game. I was like okay you know now as a Titans fan I, I wanted the Texans to lose. I actually picked the Texans to win though. But nonetheless, um, you know the Chiefs looked like okay well this is. The Chiefs that we expect. This is the Chiefs that we were used to, and and then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. I mean, it's just the 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 Texans were like, nope, you know, we we got to stay in this game, so they did, and uh, it was a really good game. I I think that uh, you know, I think that the game of the week was was last night's game uh, oh, between the we're recording this on a Tuesday um, for the folks listening. If you're not listening on, well. Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever it is. Uh, but and the Lions-Packers game, which we'll get into that. But, yeah, I mean, the Texans-Chiefs, you know, the Texans, uh, they play the Colts this week, and I know we'll talk about it a little more in week when we get into week seven. But, you know, that Texans-Colts game, you know, we don't really know who the second-best team in the, AFC, in the AFC is, but that Texans-Colts game could show who it is. Yeah, that's true. I think the Texans have shown – I think the, Lar- the Laramie Tunsil uh, trade has shown that it's kind of paying off. Uh, it's just taking a while for him to get used to the offense and what, the way they play at Houston. And I think the biggest thing with the Houston is that 
when they play just like the Chiefs, um, I think the Chiefs and the Texans could be a really fun matchup to watch in years to come. Uh, oh, yeah. But my worry is the way that the way that Watson and Mahomes play is will they be healthy enough to play a good game every year against each other? Right, and you know Mahomes. But if we if we look at Mahomes, you know he has the athletic ability to move around outside the pocket, but he doesn't mm-hmm. do it. He doesn't do it a whole lot. He's kind of like a he's more athletic than Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield can move outside the pocket as well. Yeah. He just doesn't do it a whole lot. Uh, and, of course, I mean, I, with Deshaun Watson, I mean, his offensive line is so bad that he doesn't have a choice. Uh, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, with the Chiefs' offensive line, it's – I mean, it's hurting right now too. So, uh, the last two times, the last two games, Patrick Mahomes has uh, uh, seemingly hurt his ankle, uh, and, you know, and just kind of a freak uh, injury. And he stayed out there and played. And maybe that has something. Maybe he's not able to put – um, you know, his whole effort into throwing the ball and or, you know, his his ability to move around in the pocket may be a little bit of hindered of a hindrance. Uh I mean it's not like they've been blown out in these two losses that they've had back to back. I mean they they were winnable games, uh, up until the end. And so I you know, I don't know if it's just one of those things where they uh of where they just need to they just need to get better, obviously. But I think that I think that teams have figured out that you know if they keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes in an offense, uh, the Chiefs' defense can't stop them. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, this is where this is where the Chiefs should trade for Jalen Ramsey. But I mean, I've been saying that, but I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe they want to try to stick it out, and you know, they can do what they want to do. I assume. Yeah, I think they're. I would I, if I were. If I was on their end, I think that a lot of people, especially the Chiefs, think that if they're going to trade, people want their offensive weapons. I think they're too afraid to get rid of those in order to get Jalen Ramsey. Right. Well, and I look at it like, well, you can trade away, you know, a first-round pick and a second-round pick because <laughs> you're going to have them in late in the late part of the round anyways. But yeah. granted, you know, later on down the road, that may hurt your franchise. You know, we'll, we'll see what it does to the Texans. You know, they, they traded away a lot. Uh, and they really didn't get a whole lot out of what they got. And, well, we'll see, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so, you know, I I guess another – we were – right before we got – right before we came on, we were talking about Tom Brady uh, passing Peyton Manning, a second all-time on the yards list, I believe you said. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, that's a big accomplishment for him. I believe Drew Brees is first on that list. But uh, – and so Drew Brees is still playing, of course. Um, and so I don't know if Tom Brady will ever be able to catch him, but then again, I mean, Tom Brady could, uh, he could still be playing after Drew Brees hangs it up. We don't know. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady could still be playing after, uh, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson hangs it up. We, we just don't know about that guy. Uh, yeah. but, uh, Tom, or Tom Brady and the Patriots, they had another, um, you know, pretty dominating win over the Giants, but the Giants, I think they're showing a lot of promise. And uh, I think in the next couple of years, if they can get their defense uh, improved, I think that they're going to be a force to reckon with, not only in the NFC East, but also uh, in the NFL as a whole. Yeah, I agree with you that. Uh, it's just it's watching the last two, three years, uh, it's really hard to envision that right now. <laughs> right, right. Of course, of course. And, you know, Daniel Jones, um, you know, he's he's faced better and better opponents since he started. And – he's kind of regressed 
and he's not done as well. Now, this week, uh, the Giants get the mighty Arizona Cardinals, and so he should be able to have a good game. And from a fantasy purpose, I hope he does. But nonetheless, um, I think another game that we could probably talk about is the Seahawks and the Browns. Okay. My thing with the with the Browns, and I said this last week, and I'm standing by it, uh, and I'm definitely going to stand by it now. Uh, Baker Mayfield, after the game on Sunday, after their after their after giving up the lead that they had on the Seahawks and everything, let the Seahawks come back. They, he said that the rest were bad that day. Mm-hmm. I looked I looked at his numbers and I said, Baker, you know, you were bad that day. You know, you can't. I and I, like I said, I said this on last week's podcast, and I'm going to stick by it. Baker Mayfield is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. But I will say this. I don't know if he's overrated because of him or because of what he's touted to be. Because, granted, this is his first year of starting every game. You know, he's, this is his first year where he actually started at the beginning of the year. It's only his second year. The sophomore slump, I guess, is real. Unless, of course, you're Patrick Mahomes. But, nonetheless, you know, I just what, what do you think of the Browns team? And then we'll 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 talk about the Seattle team as well because they they looked pretty good. And well, Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate that this year, that's for sure. Yeah. So I mean, if you look at the the play played from the game, so you have a Browns touchdown, a Browns touchdown, a Browns touchdown. You're like, man, they're they're taking it to the Seahawks. You know, this is going to be a good game for the Browns to get back on track. And then the second quarter happens, and you have a block yep. punt, you have an interception, interception, halftime, fumble. Uh, punt, turnover on downs, and then you have a touchdown, but then you have another interception in the fourth quarter. So, in saying all that, you know, there's been speculation of their defense, uh, Freddie Kitchens, uh, all kinds of stuff. And don't get me wrong, I'm not the biggest Freddie Kitchens fan. I'm not a Browns fan, period. But uh, I don't think Freddie Kitchens was the person for the job. Uh, he's been around the league for years, but there's a reason why he hasn't been past the quarterback's coach as far as his job role. Um but I would say that I don't think he's the best uh, coach for this job. And then two, I mean, so there's two different things. I think the problem with the offense is OBJ um, because there's one week where he'll have two catches and there's one week where he has 162 yards. You don't know what you're going to get with him. Um, I feel like he's very much I play when I want to play and when I don't want to play. And then you have Baker Mayfield. So Baker Mayfield, you know, the king of the intramural field, and uh, he did well in Lincoln Riley's offense in college. And last year he did do well. But, again, if teams aren't expecting them to play uh, for that year, it takes a while to adjust to a quarterback that you don't have really any tape on. Right. Uh, except for And that's a totally different system. Um, he might – I mean, he has different weapons around him. And so, yeah, I think – uh, and you've seen some, and if you watch his college tape, there's a lot of immaturity with uh, grabbing his uh, groin and uh, against Kansas and planting the flag against Ohio State. And so, honestly, like I think with that between with with that immaturity and really not someone there to really uh, be an authority towards him, because mm-hmm. uh, really think Freddie Kitchens is, probably doesn't really care, and he likes Freddie Kitchens because Freddie Kitchens lets him run kind of his own show. Right. Um, but I think. With a mixture of the authority not being there for him and his immaturity, uh, yeah, he's he's really a a good flash in the pan quarterback. I agree. Uh, you know, um, 
I think with I think with Baker, you know, the the Browns and, and actually let me say this. I, I saw an article, uh the rumor is that the Browns are actually shopping OBJ. Now, granted, I, I wanna say that's a rumor. I don't wanna I don't wanna but maybe that's the best option. I mean, I'm not saying that OBJ can't help that team because obviously he can and he, he's on most teams he can help. But, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily the right fit. Uh, for that team, uh, and maybe maybe it's because Baker. Uh, you know, I don't want to say that the Browns need a new quarterback. I'm not. You know, I'm I'm a Titans fan. The Titans need a new quarterback. So I, I can't. I'm not going to sit here and act like and act like the Browns need a new quarterback. But Baker's got to be better. And uh, yeah. and if they want it to work, in order for it to work, Baker's going to have to be better. And I mean, until he's better, it's not going to work. I mean, plain and simple. But yeah, I agree. Uh, I think I think he sometimes he reminds me of Colin Kaepernick. Like he has to feed the run, and he can pass the ball when you need him to. But really, you get one good year out of him. Right, right. Uh, yeah, you know, and I I agree with that. Uh, you know, I I think that I think that Baker just has a lot to work on, and I think before they can before they can act like the Browns are. Uh, Super Bowl contenders, uh, you know, or anything like that. Uh, maybe they need to listen to Colin Cowherd because obviously he's been right <laughs> so far. And yeah. uh, Browns fans don't like that. And Browns fans who listen to this podcast probably don't like that. But, uh, you know, listen, Colin Cowherd's right right now. And, um, and you know, I, I'm not going to preach his gospel or anything like that. But, you know, the Browns have spoke on the field. Have what well, their actions on the field have said that the that Colin Cowherd's right, but nonetheless, um, let's jump into we'll jump into a couple other games here that happened okay. in week six. Uh, you know, Cowboys, what, what's wrong with Cowboys? I mean, honestly, you know, they started uh, out so great, they didn't face good talent, they're good teams, but I mean, the Jets, they're not that great of a team now. They got Sam Darnold, actually, they're a better team than what they were with Luke Falk. But still, this was a game that they probably should have won. And, uh, you know, what, three weeks ago, we were talking about the Cowboys being one of the best teams in the NFC. We were talking, oh, maybe Super Bowl, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think with the Cowboys, I, I think the big thing is, so we, we saw the Cowboys at 3-0. They played the Giants. Mm-hmm. They played, I'm pretty sure it was either the Redskins or – yeah, I think it was the Redskins maybe. And they played – uh, the Dolphins. Okay, yep. so you got practically two wins out of those teams. Oh no, three because the Redskins won this week because of Miami. Uh, so you had three wins, and we get to this thing of, well, you know, you're not giving them any respect because the Patriots haven't really played anybody either. The problem right. is, is the Patriots have produced year after year after year with Billy Check and Brady being there. I hate the Patriots with the passion, but they are a good team, and they're a good team right. every year. The Cowboys, you know, they've had their little. 14-2 and two year with Dak, and then they drop back down. And then the whole offseason drama between Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, uh, Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones. Um, and I just think, you know, they get caught up. And being a team, oh, you doubt us, you're not giving us respect, we're 3-0. Then all of a sudden they get punched in their mouth, and right. they don't know how to respond. Um, and so are they a good team? I mean, I think that I think Dallas is a good team for that divi- for the East Division. I think they can easily win that division. But I think the Eagles' secondary is atrocious. 
Uh, we can talk about that later if you want. But we Cowboys, will. I yeah. think, uh, so I don't, I'm not counting them out of the playoffs, but I don't think they're necessarily a legit contender in the NFC. Okay. Yeah. You know, I uh, I agree with you on that. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that they can win the NFC East and they face the Eagles this week, you know. Um, we're going to see who can win that game. And, and you know what? He, here's my thing. Um, listen, when they face the Giants, the next time they do it, they're in New York. And honestly, I, I think Daniel Jones and the Giants have a good chance of beating the Cowboys. Okay. I, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say the Cowboys are going to finish behind the Giants in the, in the NFC East, but I will say that, I mean, if Daniel Jones was starting week one instead of Eli Manning, I don't think that the Giants would have won, but I think that they would have had a better shot. And so, I, I mean, I think that that's, that's probably obvious, really. But, uh, but nonetheless, um, well, real quick, I guess I need to give you a, 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 cho- a chance to talk about uh, the Steelers game. And, and then I'll, I'll, I'll mention my Titans. I guess I could go ahead and then you can do your Steelers game. Uh, I will mention the Titans-Broncos game. Probably the Broncos. Yeah. I'm sorry? I was kidding. I said you probably don't have much, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, not much. I mean, the Broncos, their defense, uh, I mean, their their defense looks good. I mean, Vic Vangio is turning it around there. And um, and we'll get to the Broncos-Chiefs game in a little – in just a few minutes. But um, uh, coming up this week, and – Honestly, I, I don't. I, I give the Broncos more of a chance of winning that game now, uh, mostly because of what's happened to the Chiefs, as well as what's uh, what's happened uh, with the with the with the uh, Broncos defense getting better. But my thing too is the Titans have a little bit of QB controversy. All off season long, they were trying to say, "Oh, we don't have a QB controversy." Mario's the guy. And and that's true. Mariota Mariota was the guy, and I think he still is the guy. They were supposed to come out within the next twenty four hours. This was yesterday, and tell us who they were going to start against the Chargers. Uh, and that's going to say yeah. a lot. I think that Mariota should be the one to start. I think it's one of those things where hey, they you can use the excuse of oh we needed a spark, and Tannehill gave it to us, and so we went with Tannehill, and that's that. I think that that's what that's what needs to happen. Uh, Mariota, you're still trying to figure out if he's the guy. You pull him in a game like that. Only you know he committed his first two turnovers of the year. I mean, he's made it to week six without a turnover. Uh, I'm surprised, but still, um, I'm really surprised he's made it to week six without being injured too. But that's beside the point. But yeah, you know. It's just, you know, what? what is your thoughts on it? I mean, because I know, you know, you lived in Tennessee for a long time, so you're not a Titans fan, but I'm sure you've watched plenty of Titans football. So what? what is your um, feelings on that? Yeah, so my first initial thought is, is how long are, are is the Titan organization going to wait for Mariota to be their guy? Um, he's been playing, what, now, like four years in the league? Eight, this is his fifth uh, year, yes. Yeah, so fifth year. I mean, he had a good season. His first season, I think, you guys made the playoffs. I know he made the playoffs twice, maybe three times. He's, well, no, he's he's only made it once, but they beat the Chiefs that year when they made it to the playoffs and then got stomped by the Patriots. Hey, they did, they right. did yeah. score against the Patriots that, that first. <laughs> they scored against them first. Uh, but then the next year, uh, they beat the Patriots um, 
they beat the Patriots at home. So uh, they whooped them at home. But beside that's beside the point. It's it's just you know if you're trying to be their motto this year was going from good to great. And I'm sorry, but the inconsistency of Marcus Mariota isn't going to get you to go from good to great. And I'm not saying that he can't be the guy. Maybe he can. But, you know, you can't have great games against horrible teams uh, like the Falcons and the Browns. The Browns aren't a horrible team, but, I mean, first week of the year they weren't that great. And so Mm – and they're still not that good. But nonetheless, but they are better than what they were, I would think. But – you know, but we do have to look at it like Mariota, if you're a franchise quarterback, you have to be able to get your team from good to great. And so I think, hey, the the, the quarterback class this year is great. Uh, right now, the, the season's trending downward. They still – they're only two and four. You know, I, I mean, you still got a chance. Uh, you know, the at one point, uh, the – Titans were one and four, I believe, and still made the AFC Championship. I think that was two thousand two. I want to say, but that's okay. just right off the top of my head. But it's a different league now, obviously. Uh, and the Titans—they have way too good of a defense. They—they're allowing only twenty points under. They're allowing under twenty points in every single game. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna get on too uh, on too. Uh, I'm not gonna go on too much of a uh, uh, you know get going too much of a rant about it, but um, Mariota, he's he's right now he's not the guy, and can he turn that around this year? Well, I mean, he's going to have to, but nonetheless, um, all right, so let's talk about your Steelers for a second. How do you feel about them? I mean, they're still in the – I think they're still in the hunt. Uh, if they would have beat the Ravens last week, uh, they'd – be in really good shape right now. They'd be, uh, what, first place in the AFC North. So, I mean, how do you feel yeah. about the Steelers right now? Yeah, uh, so you would have asked me this week three. I mean, although I've been on a fire Tomlin train for about, I don't know, about three years. Right. Uh, I would have told you the whole staff, which I might have said that before the 49ers game, and I picked the 49ers win that game. Uh, but, yeah, I think the, the – so, before this game, I think they just had a lot of issues closing games. I mean, right. there's that rough-in-the-pass-year rough in uh, call that probably shouldn't be called. But, I mean, again, you put them in a position where they could win before that call was even made. And then uh, you, you're leading against the 49ers. Connor has a, a fumble. They win the game. The Seahawks, you're back and forth the whole game. And then you can't close them out late. I think a lot of that goes to coaching. But I will say that this is the first week I've seen the series play a complete game. Um, the defense was on point. The off the running, going back to the, the, the punchy in the mouth running game, the Steelers have been historically known for. Uh, Connor was just playing with a chip on his shoulder. And then you bring in Benny Snell uh, coming in for Jalen Samuels. And I kind of like Benny Snell better than Jalen Samuels, if I'm being honest. Um, he looked I think good. He did a great he, job. He, he looked good. I mean, he did. Yeah. Yeah. He's 17, 75 yards on 17 carries. I mean, he had he had a really good change of pace. James Connor did well. Um, and so, yeah, but again, but if you watch the Steelers Chargers game, so we're, we're winning 24 nothing or 24 three, uh, in the third quarter. And then we had to have an interception at the end by Cam Sutton, go balls, uh, volunteer, uh, but interception by Cam Sutton to just, so that way we make sure we win the game. Right. So in saying that, I'm, I think we're turning towards the best since we picked up Minka Fitzpatrick, we're the third best NFL, uh, defense since week three. So not the whole season, but since week three. Uh, since we picked up Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, our defense has been great, which is good. Uh, 
But I'm having trouble, and we, I think there's still some faith that we can get into a wild card spot. Um, but again, I think it goes back down to coaching, and you have to finish games. But I am glad they won this week. Yeah, um, you know, and I I agree with you. The Steelers defense looks really good, and it's what's going to have to carry this team. I think. Uh, you know, I think that I think that for the most part, um, you know, you're you have some quarterback issues. Of course, uh, you're on bye week this week, so hopefully James Conner can get healthy. Uh, uh, I know Jalen Samuels, I think he's probably still going to be out a couple of more weeks, even after bye week. But, um, you know, hopefully Mason Rudolph can get um, can get healthy. And, I, I mean, I think that you're in – I mean, I think that you're in okay shape. Um, but, granted, I, I – you know, I, I think that shooting just for a wild card, I don't know. I don't know if I'd only shoot for a wild card. I think I would shoot for – I think I would shoot for uh, for, for winning the – Division, personally. I mean, and I say that because I think that the AFC North is winnable. I think that so, by the by the Steelers, that is. Yeah, I kind of agree with you that. Uh, the only thing that makes me nervous is the Baltimore Drift with Marcus Peters, who's not a terrible cornerback, and I think it just makes their defense even better, and they already have a good defense. And so that's my only worry. But Right. Well, Peters isn't as good as he used to be when he, he was with the Chiefs. Uh, that's but, true. But, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the Ravens always seem to be able to get, get the most out of guys who uh, maybe are, well, washed up or uh, seemingly washed up. That's true, yeah. Uh, and then the last thing we'll talk about, the last game before we jump into week seven, the Lions-Packers game last night. Now, I don't know if you watched all of it or, you know, if you watched highlights and everything like that, but it was a good game. It was a really good game. And the Lions should have won that game. And that would have been a big deal if the Lions would have won that game for them, for their for their season, for their, you know, uh, it may have been the hump that they needed to get over. They beat the, the, the Packers uh, the last four times that they had played them. And mm-hmm. uh, they probably should have won that game. But you know what? I don't blame it all on the refs. And the reason why I say that, uh, not only because I have experience as a ref, but also because – you know, you had plenty of chances to close that game out instead of kicking all those field goals. Why didn't you, you know, why didn't you, uh, why didn't you score touchdowns? Or, you know, like, for instance, Aaron Jones had a wide open touchdown that he just dropped. Uh, same thing with Jimmy Graham. You know, so if they would have caught those, it wouldn't have mattered about what the, it wouldn't have mattered about what the, what the refs did or didn't do. Um, you know, and so for Lions fans or Packers fans, I know I've seen some Packers fans saying, oh, well, maybe we should have lost that game. Uh, I get it. Okay. No, you shouldn't have. Because if, if, if a game's going to come down to the refs calling, to, to the refs being the reason why you lose a game, then that means that you, then that means that it was the most perfect game ever and everything went right on each side of the ball. And uh, and or for each team, uh, you know, I don't think that I personally. I don't even think you know it was a bad timing in the Saints Rams game in the NFC Championship uh, yeah. last year. But I don't think that I was going to talk about that actually. But, well, but since you brought it, up, I won't. well, well, I mean, well, you can still talk about it too. Um, you know, but the thing is, is that game still went overtime. Drew Brees throws yeah. the interception. You had a chance. I mean. You could have closed it out before then. You know, it's just one of those things where I think refs, okay, do they make mistakes? Yes, they're humans. I mean, it's you can't catch everything, and you're not going to get everything right. 
I think replay, and I've and I obviously I know a lot of refs. Um, you know, and they've told me a lot of refs who have been doing it a lot longer, a longer than I've been alive. Uh, both of us been alive, really. And mm-hmm. um, you know, they say replay is the worst thing that's ever happened because yes, is it great to have? Is technology great? Yes, but it second it second guesses us when when we go to our lot when we go to our jobs, you know. Um, and if we mess up at our jobs, like, do we have replay to go back and say, uh, oh, you should have done this instead of that? I, you know, I don't. Like, I don't have anybody mm-hmm. telling me that I should have. You know, I, I do, but I don't. You know, I mean, I do to a point. But, you know, I, I get it. You know, I get I get the outrage. But have the rest been <sighs> – have the refs been bad? I, I wouldn't even say that. I would say they've not been in your team's favor. And that's what they've been. You yeah. know, it's not that they haven't been bad. It's, it's you know, they are bad if they, you know, I see so many people, oh, well, the Lions had to beat the refs and the Packers. No, the Lions had to beat the Packers, and the refs just happened to be doing their job. And maybe maybe did they get it wrong? Maybe a little. But nonetheless, what, what do you have – um what do you, what do you have to what do you have to say about the uh, NFC Championship game and and the refs? Yeah, so I mean, I read so I ref flag football intramurals and upper. So it's a, I mean, it's not as intense as your job when it comes to refing tackle football. Right. Uh, but I, I do agree with you. I think I think replay has made every every fan a armchair referee. Oh yeah, um, and, and it it is annoying. Uh, but I would say real quick on the NFC Championship game, I want to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, as far as the Saints go, I've been in the dome for a game, and that place gets deafening. And so, when you have probably hands down one of the loudest, maybe besides Arrowhead, maybe Central Link gets loud again since the Seahawks are doing well this year. But you have the loudest, one of the loudest places to play in the league. You're up twenty nothing at halftime, and you let it come down to a blown pass interference call. So yeah, so I agree with you that you know teams play a large play into effect of maybe some calls. Not in the sense that they make them get called, but when those calls are made or missed, uh, yeah, you're like, well, the refs lost the game for me. It's like, but you let a team come down 20 nothing at half from halftime mm-hmm. and the loudest in the league. So, anyway, I'll say that. We'll move on because that's a, almost a year ago. Uh, Lions, Packers. Uh, I mean, Stafford put the 37.7 quarterback rating uh, or QBR. Um, he had no touchdowns. Uh, so, yeah, you, you're only t- your lone offensive touchdown came from on Johnson. Uh, the Russian touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, your defense, like, you mean your offense, like you already mentioned, stalling in the red zone, kicking field yep. goals against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I mean, that that offense is not one that you just need to kick field. It's like going out and kicking field goals against Patrick Mahomes and the right. Chiefs. You can't do yeah. that. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, I, I, I've seen the replays. I've seen the highlights. There were definitely some missed calls. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you got to play to win. You can't put the game in the ref's right. hands because then you're – Taking the blame off yourself, which is kind right. of lame. And, and also the whole notion, and and again, we'll we'll jump into week seven uh, immediately right after this. But the whole notion, there's plenty of people who out there, and they're like, oh well, the refs are, you know, they're they're trying to help the other team win, and yada yada yada. Listen, at <laughs> from my experience, and and I haven't had much experience uh, yet. And granted, I I now I do like high school football, um, and. Uh, you know, I've had plenty of instances where, you know, I've kind of been blamed and all this for that. I'm like, listen, I these refs, 
that's not how that works. Like that is that's not how that works. And and in the NFL, I don't know. Could there be some corruption going on? Maybe, but again, you know, with the Lions and Packers, it's all those field goals. I mean, listen, Matt Prater's a great field goal kicker. He's a great kicker, and uh, and he showed why last night. But you know, it's obvious that if you're playing a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you can't just lean on Matt Prater, and uh, you have to lead on yeah. the other Matt in Matt Stafford. And uh, Kenny Galladay was having a great game, and then they like stopped throwing to him. But, so I don't know. I don't. I don't know what was going on with that. Yeah, I don't quite get it either. But Stafford is. I mean, I think he's kind of shown too. He's not necessarily a franchise quarterback. You're right. All but. right, we'll jump into Week Seven here. Uh, probably won't spend a whole lot of time on Week Seven. You know, it, it's whenever we go into previewing Week Seven, it's kind of like or the next week. It's like, well, we don't really know what's going to happen, and we talked about Week Six already. Then. You know, it's kind of already like talking about week seven, but some interesting games on the docket. Uh, the Chiefs Broncos this Thursday night. Um, you know, granted, we'll we'll get in our we'll get in our to our um, we'll get in our into our predictions uh, right after we talk about week seven. But uh, listen, the Broncos—they're not a bad team. I don't think I think they look better than what they did at the beginning of the season, and honestly. Uh, they're close to having two other wins. Who they almost they should have beat the Bears, uh, and they also should have beat the Jaguars. So, um, you know, it's not like the it's not like the Broncos have been getting blown out or whatnot. So, I, I think the Broncos have a good chance against the Chiefs, and uh, I'm not going to reveal my pick yet. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the Broncos last so when this past weekend against the Titans, that was their first shutout since 2017. So uh, so that's their best defensive showing in two years. Um, and so, I don't know. I would like – I mean, I know we're not doing picks right now. It is an intriguing matchup. Uh, I'm trying to – I've been going back and forth since before we even started the podcast, so if I really want to watch that game or not. I just – I'm struggling with faith in the Broncos. I, I understand, yeah. Uh, we got the Raiders-Packers as well, and – and listen, I, I think that that's an intriguing game. The Raiders seem to be on the uh, come up uh, and against the Packers team, especially in Green Bay. We'll see if they truly are. This is a game that uh, that the Raiders need to win. Uh, this is a game that the Packers need to win. Uh, and so I, I guess every game is a need-to-win game for every team, but uh, you see where I'm coming from. But nonetheless, uh, uh, it, I think it should be an interesting game. Um you know, I, I look at this, and we've kind of talked about the Texans-Colts game. That's, you know, that's for uh, number one in the AFC South, uh, which I thought was going to be the toughest division. And, well, I mean, you know, the Titans-Jaguars, you know, all I got to say about that is, you know, so, like, uh, and so, you know, the, the Colts and the Texans, I mean, they're, they're the top two teams in the AFC South. Uh, the Texans win that. They get a firm hold on the AFC South. They all have a two-game lead on the Colts. And, uh, I, I mean, they, they may be able to run away with the division. But we'll see, of course. And and if they can beat the Colts, uh, I mean, they they may put themselves as the second-best team in the in the AFC. That, that'd be interesting. That'd be very interesting. Uh, I don't say the, yeah. the first-best well, team. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. But – I was saying the Bills have to lose in order for Texans to be the second best. Team, well, you know, but. and that's 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 where I'm. I do think about the Bills. The Bills are a great team. Uh, you know, the Bills they 
and we'll get to them. Well, eh, we probably won't really get to them. The Bills aren't. They are a good team. They should be able to win this week as they face the Dolphins. Uh, there's not really a, there's yeah, not, not a whole lot to say about that game, but, uh, I mean, good luck to the Dolphins on uh, being able to do anything against that uh, ferocious Bills defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have some – so I wrote down – I have a whiteboard near me, and I wrote down five games of okay. the league. I wrote down three good matchups. Right. My three matchups, matchups are the Raiders at Green Bay. And really, like you already talked about it, the Raiders are on the up. The Packers really haven't dominated anybody this year. They've all – like all their games have been right. close. Uh, so – and the Raiders, again, I mean, Josh Eagles has been turned on the Jets. He's done well. Uh, intriguing matchup again, Vikings for at the Lions. I know we just about the Lions and how they're eh, we're not really sure about Matthew Stafford. But I really think but the Vikings have been kind of inconsistent this year on offense, uh, since they've kind of gone away a little bit from Dub and Cook um at the Bears game. And so I think that could be a fun game to watch. And then also the Texans with the Colts. I had that too. Uh, it's a big game for the AFC South. And Jacoby Brissett is not a terrible quarterback. Um so I'm kind of curious to see whether or not they depend on Marlon Mack. Or they put it in Brissett's hand. Uh, I mean, Texans is, are, is a fun offense to watch because of Deshaun. You're right. So they're my three matchups. Um, you know, I, to speak about the Vikings lines, that that's I mean that is a a big matchup. And if the Lions would have beat the Packers, like they probably should have, um, but nonetheless, <laughs> that game would have been for first place in the NFC North. So yep. you mm-hmm. know, I believe. Uh, well, I, I think if the Vikings would have lost. Well, I think I think if the Vikings would have won, I think the Packers still would have been ahead of them. Yeah, they would have. But nonetheless, um, that's still – I mean, that's an intriguing game as well, and I'll be I'll be watching it. Uh, you know, I think uh, a game that's interesting as well, Brad, is the Cardinals versus Giants. Not really from a team okay. aspect, but you get Kyler Murray versus Daniel Jones. You get the top two quarterbacks taken in the draft against one another. Okay. I mean – I can see that. I never really thought about that, but that could be a fun game it, to watch. It should be. I think it's kind of a high-scoring game. Um, but, you know, I, I think it will be – I think it will be a good game. And uh, Daniel Jones, uh, I I think – yeah, I did I did say that he had the Cardinals this week earlier. But, anyways, uh, Daniel Jones should be able to do well this week. The, they But the Cardinals, they get Patrick Peterson back this week. So, uh, you know, mm. I don't know. Listen, the Cardinals, they win this week, and – they're three and three. Uh, the Rams take on the Falcons. Uh, now they take on the Falcons in Atlanta. The Falcons aren't that good, but the Rams, I don't know, you know, they've shown, I don't know, you know, that could be, that could be one of those games where it's high scoring, kind of like the Buccaneers game. The Falcons, you know, it, I wouldn't be surprised the Falcons can win that. And if they can, the Rams would shoot down to the bottom of the, of the NFC West. And that's if the Cardinals can uh, win that game against the rain or against the Giants. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think uh, I, I look at this slate and uh, Ravens Seahawks. I think that that's kind of an underrated game as well. I think that's a good game to uh, that's a three twenty five kickoff. And so definitely uh, a game that I'm hoping will be on my TV from CBS. But I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, we also have Saints and Bears. Saints and Bears. I mean, if Drew Brees was playing, I'd probably feel better about that game. I think that the Bears can uh, – I think that they'll – that their defense may be a bit much for Teddy Bridgewater, but um, 
I think that that can still be an intriguing game. I think that uh, Sean Payton is he's one of the best coaches in the league, and what he's been doing with Teddy Bridgewater and that and that offense, um, I think is solidifying his legacy as one of the best coaches uh, to possibly ever coach in the NFL. Yeah, I would say if I had to tell you there, if I tell you one or two games, they're like, hey, block everything off your schedule. Get the remote ready to just flip every every other commercial break. It would definitely have to be the Saints at the Bears uh, and the Ravens at the Seahawks. Yep. I think it'll be a fun game. Uh, the Saints, like you said, they have Teddy Bridgewater, but Alvin Kamara is going to be so is my confidence. I think he has good playmaking around yep. him. And uh, the Bears have been kind of slumpy as of at least the last game. They didn't look too good, uh, even though they had a bye this week. Uh, but then you go to the Ravens and Seahawks. And again, the Central Link become one of the toughest places to play again because they're doing right. well. But then you have Lamar Jackson, kind of a show of Russell Wilson in a sense. Um, so that'd be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, you know, and uh, and I think uh, another game that will be fun to watch uh, is uh, the Eagles Cowboys game with the nightcap on NBC Sunday Night Football. Um, I think that that's going to be a good game, uh, and that's for that'll be for first place in the NFC East. Uh, you know, the Eagles are playing at Dallas. Dallas, uh, you know, personally, I think if that if Dallas can't win the NFC East this year and go to the playoffs, that and, – and I think really the NFC is just so – it's a jam-packed with playoff teams. The AFC, not so much, but the NFC is jam-packed with, with playoff teams. So I think that the Eagles or the, or the Cowboys, I think that one of them will have to win the NFC East in order to make it to the playoffs – and so, but if I don't think that if, if I don't think that if, if the Cowboys can't win the NFC East and go to the playoffs, um, I think that Jason Garrett, I think he'll get canned. I really do. And uh, I just, I, I, they have a lot of talent on that team, and and it's not producing like it should. And so I think yeah, I think that it will be time for for Jerry Jones and his son to finally, um, you know, cut the cut the cord. And uh, and let's say get somebody else. You never know. They may promote Kellen Moore. They seem to like him a lot uh, as the offensive coordinator. They may promote him as head coach. That'd be that'd be interesting. He was just a quarterback in the league a couple of years ago. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. but that headline that, it's almost like a perennial headline with Jason Garrett. I mean, every year he's talked about being canned, and Jerry Jones keeps him. So, I, I mean, what I do I think he should be gone. I think they should got rid of him oh, years yeah. ago, but. But I feel like it's almost like this this storyline that we create and, oh, he's gone, he's gone. And any other team, he probably is. But for some reason, Jerry Jones keeps him every year. Well, and year. I think that it, that it has also a lot to do with the fact that they're – it has a lot to do, I, I think, also with the fact that they are a very um, – you know, they're, the Cowboys are front and center. They're always front and center. So, so is it that Jason Garrett is that bad? Like, if he was with another team, would we be focused on it as much, too? You know, can we – you know, I think we can look at it both ways. I don't think we'd be focused on it as much if if he was with another team. And maybe we would. But, I mean, I think, you know, they're always front and center. They always have a, a seemingly national broadcast game. Uh, they always have the most commentators. I get it. I mean, it's the Cowboys. They're uh, quote unquote America's team. They, you know, they're going to get you ratings no matter what. Uh, it's the reason why the Titans got to have a Monday night football game last year because they got to play the Cowboys. Thankfully, they whooped them. But nonetheless, uh, but 
you know, but you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you, you hate to see them all the time, but um, at the same time, you got to respect the fact that they are who they are. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I mean, yeah, I can see that. I'm just not really interested in watching that game, if I'm being completely I'm honest. Here, you no, know, I, I completely understand that. Uh, I think a game, and, and you may be surprised by this, but I think the Patriots-Jets game on Monday night, the final game of this week, I think that might actually be wow. interesting. And, and I say okay. that because the Jets are at home. Uh, Sam Darnold, he didn't play in their first meeting. And I think I mean I'm not I haven't got to my predictions yet, but I'm not and I'm not going to uh I'm not gonna sit here and act like the Jets are or can win that game necessarily. I think that the Patriots defense will be too much for them if I was, you know, saying my prediction now. But nonetheless, uh but you know, I, I think that that could be an interesting game and maybe it's only an interesting game until halftime or, or the fourth quarter. But I think that it will be an interesting game, at least from the start. And I, you know, okay. I probably will go to bed at halftime during it. But nonetheless, uh, <laughs> I, I want to say that it'll be a good game, and I want to act like it's going to be a good game. Uh, but no, but um, uh, I guess if there's really nothing more, uh, I think you know the Panthers. They're they're a team that's on bye week this week. I believe the Browns are as well. Uh, and the yep. uh, just the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're on bye week as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers. Uh, Cam Newton started practicing. He's able to report to practice. Does he, after the bye week, does he, do you think he, before we jump into predictions, do you think he starts or do you think that maybe uh, it's time for the Panthers to uh, get away from old Cam Newton? All right, so this is my theme. I don't think Cam Newton's necessarily a bad quarterback athletically, but I will say that because of what's going on right now with with, with uh, Allen, is that you keep you keep riding that train. I mean, it's like the Steelers. You know, like they have a bye this week. Does Mason Rudolph come back in two weeks? I mean, you want to say yes, but I mean Hodges has done well when he's come in. He's he's not Tom Brady, but he's done right. well. And so, so yeah. So I think as of right now, you ride. Allen as your quarterback, and when things start to go south, well, then, hey, he's had his chance. Put Cam Newton back in, see how Cam Newton does, and if Cam Newton doesn't improve, well, hey, let's go back to Allen. I know that sounds really back and forth, but it's just when you keep switching quarterbacks, it's just going to mess up your chemistry. I think right now Allen has good chemistry with the receivers and the offensive line and the running back. Yeah, and uh, with the Panthers, I mean, they have an uh, MVP-type running back and uh, one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best, in Christian McCaffrey. So, uh, you know, run yep. CMC, am I right? Uh, yep. All right, so let's jump into our prediction, shall we? Uh, if that's okay. if you don't have anything else to say about week seven before we jump into it. Uh, I do not. All right, yeah. Chiefs versus Broncos. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Chiefs. I'm going to say the Broncos are a good team, and it's going to be worthwhile. And the game might be fun to watch, but I think Chiefs come out on top. All right, I'm going to pick the Chiefs as well. I, I have a little bit of faith in the Broncos. I do, but I think that as much as the Broncos' defense has improved, uh, I just I think that the Chiefs. I think they're going to come out with a chip on their shoulder, and uh, you know their only two losses are are at home, so uh, they've been able to play better away. 
uh, even though their last away game was almost a loss to the Lions. But nonetheless, I think that the Chiefs will have the Broncos number, but I think it'll be I think it'll be close. I, I don't think that uh, maybe maybe within one score. So, um, and before we go ahead, uh, and be, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I saying I just don't trust Joe Flacco. Like Phil Lindsay's been good, inconsistent, but Joe Flacco. I mean, to put it, the game in his hands, I just don't trust him. Well, that's true, but the Chiefs' defense is uh, is bad enough to where you know it could make Joe Flacco look, uh, you know, decent. <laughs> Uh, before I go ahead, I always forget to say the standings. The standing is, uh, last week, um, I was able to get one less or one more right than the guest I had on in Harry Broadhurst. Uh, and so I have my, the record host record is 57, 35 and one. The guest record is 53, 39 and one. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Um, so I mean, uh, you're you were working from a four games back, but uh, but you were able to. I think you were down four or five games whenever you came on week two, and you were able to bring it back within one. But nonetheless, Raiders versus Packers. Raiders versus Packers. Hmm. That is a tough. Can we come back to that one? Or <laughs> <laughs> you go first. You go first. How about uh, that? All right, I'm going to take the Packers here because they're at home. But honestly, okay. if the Raiders win this game. I'm not going to be surprised. Okay. Well, since I'm down, since the guest is down by four, and it could be, I think it can go either way. I'll pick the Raiders on this oh, one. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, you got to do something, right? It's a long season, though. So, um, Rams versus Falcons. So this is deceiving because it's a three-three versus a one-five record. But the Falcons on offense haven't been terrible. Um, in, fact, in fact, Matt Ryan was the highlight of of the the Falcons uh, yesterday or uh, Sunday. Um, with it being in Atlanta, the way the Rams are going right now, you mentioned earlier defense beating, uh, being beaten up right now. I'm actually going to pick the Falcons on this one. Oh my. Uh, well, I was, uh, so Jerry golf is not good on the road. And while mm-hmm. the Falcons defense is not good, it's not. you know what? <laughs> I think Dan Quinn is fighting for his job and, I don't want to pick them. I really don't. But you know what? I'm going to pick the Atlanta Falcons to win as well. Uh, okay. You can pick the Rams, you know. But, but because of the because of the standings, I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams. Okay. So, I, I, want, to, I want to make it clear. I want to pick the Falcons. So, if they win, I want to feel like I'm still <laughs> right. But I'm going to pick the Rams just because of, uh, you know, give the guests a little bit of a chance here and also – uh, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I'm giving the if the if you get it right, I mean that's great. But if you get it wrong, that's really great for me. But nonetheless, 49ers <laughs> versus Redskins. Yeah, uh, without a doubt, 49ers. All right, I'm going to go with 49ers too. Uh, shouldn't be a problem. Texans mm-hmm. versus Colts. So this is another tough game. I, I mean, I mentioned it earlier in my Trigan matchups uh, for this weekend. Um. Man, I really want to pick the Colts because they're at home. Uh, they did well against the Chiefs uh, without keeping them off the field, the running game. I think they're going to try to go with the same method against the Texans. And so, reluctantly, I'm going to go with the Colts. All right, I'm going to go with the Texans then, uh, mostly because you picked the Colts. But I could see that game going either way because it's at Indianapolis. I think if it was at Houston, I think I'd be more – I'd be sa- feeling safer with the pick of the Texans. But I'm going to take the Texans. Uh, Vikings yeah. versus Lions. 
Uh, Vikings first lines. Um, that's again, that's another tough one. Uh, I mean, the Vikings offense, they were run heavy. I think they averaged like 193 yards a game until the Bears game. And they went back to the air, uh, which I'm sure Diggs and Thielen are happy about. And so are their fantasy owners. The, line, the uh, Lions give up running. They give up running. They give up uh, yards to the running game. So, they do, and their secondary is very good. I think if they can shut down Kirk Cousins, I think the Lions win here at home. Okay, I don't think it's that hard to shut down Kirk Cousins personally, but nonetheless, uh, I'm going to take the Vikings in this game. Uh, I think okay. I think that the Vikings can pull this game out. I think that the Lions will have uh, sort of a hangover from the loss to the Packers. Jaguars versus okay. Bengals. Uh, I'm going to go Jags here. The Bengals have been a garbage fire. I know they almost – our dumpster fire. I know they almost uh, beat the Ravens this past Sunday, uh, but they made Lamar Jackson look incredible, uh, which Lamar Jackson has some flashes of it, but I don't, still don't think he's where he needs to be yet. But I, I'll get the Jags here. Yeah, the Bengals are playing for Tua as well, so I will, uh, I'll take the Jaguars in this one. Cardinals versus Giants. Uh, again, uh, something that on paper, if you see the names, you're like, eh, probably not the best game to watch. No one really cares about it. Um, you know, I'm going to – this might sound surprising. I think I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I think Kyler Murray is getting some confidence underneath him. So is that defense. Um, and so I think I'm going to pick the Cardinals here. All right. I'm going to take – oh, I really – you know, I want to take the Cardinals. I do. Uh, I think that their offense is definitely getting better. And um, I'm going to take the Cardinals here, actually. Dolphins versus Beals. Actually, you know what? I forgot. Okay. I'm going to take the Giants because Saquon Barkley should be back. I'm taking the Giants. All right, Dolphins versus Bills. Uh, Dolphins versus Bills. Uh, it's practically a bye week for the Bills, uh, so I'm going to pick the Bills here. Yeah, uh, two bye weeks in a row. That's uh, that's yeah. I'll take the Bills. And honestly, if their defense only played and not their offense, I'd probably still take the Bills to win. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, Chargers versus Titans. Um, you're probably going to disagree with me here. Uh, I, you know, being at home, maybe they're keeping Ryan Tannehill in. Their defense is good. Uh, but the Chargers are known for being bipolar. I think they bounce back this week. They win in Tennessee. Okay, so you have the Chargers winning. I do, yes, sir. Every week this week, every week on this podcast, I've picked the Titans to win. But I've had reasons behind it. Not, uh, you know, I've tried to define my homerism uh, uh, for the Titans. But this week, nope. I'm not doing it. I'm picking the Chargers to win this game. I think that the Titans okay. can win this game, you know, but I'm going to pick the Chargers to win this game. Just don't have the faith that uh, maybe I should. Uh, you know, the Chargers, they they don't have a good offensive line, but the Titans don't have a good pass rush. So, yeah, uh, I think that – I think it will be a close game and it should be a good game. And at one point in time, I wanted to go to this game, but I will pass. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Chargers. Yeah, I think I think Titans are just kind of again, kind of in the same mess of, uh, you know, do we keep? Yeah, they're just kind of. But I think they're kind of on the lines of the, the Bengals. I'm gonna say that dumpster fire, not in the coaching sense, but just offensively, they they have a lot of things they need to fix. All right, Ravens versus Seahawks. Uh, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Seahawks, and this is why. Um, because they're at home. Uh, I. The Ravens, I think, are going to put up a good fight. This is going to be – I think, again, if I had to pull off some time from my schedule to sit down and watch football, this would be the game. Because I think it's going to be a really close game. But I think being at home, that crowd's coming back, 
to be in the crowd it was a few years ago. I think the Seahawks at home has this. All right. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks as well. And the Seahawks, they, okay. I, they, they, I think they're looking good. Uh, Saints versus Bears. Yeah, so this the Saints defense – or not the Saints – well, the Saints defense is really well, really good this year. Uh, but the Bears defense is even better. And I want to say – I want to go with the Bears because of that reason. Uh, but I thought Teddy Bridgewater looked really good. He's actually won seven of his last eight road games as a starter. Um, so he does well on the road. Um, and so I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a tight game. But I think the Saints pulled this one out in Chicago. Wow, okay. I'm going to – I think that it could be either one as well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Bears because I think that they're gonna they're gonna force Teddy Bridgewater to play quarterback, uh, kind of like they did with Kirk Cousins, and I don't know if it's gonna end well. Uh, it may, but I okay. don't know if it will. So uh, I'm gonna take the Bears here. Eagles, okay. Eagles versus Cowboys. Uh, it's in Dallas. I I think this is not gonna be a fun game to watch personally, but I'll pick I'll pick Cowboys here. All right, I'm gonna. I'm going to ride with the Eagles on this one. Um, again, I, I want to be different, but also at the same time, I think that the Eagles can go in and uh, and shock uh, and shock the Cowboys. And you know what? I'm going to go on a bold prediction here. After this, okay. after this game, if the Cowboys lose, I think Jason Garrett gets fired. Hmm. Bold prediction, uh, not hot take, but bold prediction. It's probably not going to happen, but that's the reason why it's called a bold prediction, right? And uh, yeah. all right, last game on the docket: Patriots versus Jets. For you, it seems like it's an easy choice. For me, I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm going to agree with you earlier. You said you're probably going to give it a halftime. I'm going to do the same. Uh, probably just watch the highlights the next day. I'm going to pick the Patriots here. All right, I'm going to pick the Patriots as well. Uh, really no surprise. In all honesty, I want to be right, or at least I want to look like I'm right before it happens because, well, if I pick the Jets here, um, <laughs> I will be considered wrong uh, before before it actually happens. And, I, yeah. But – Yeah, well, hey, how about we do this? You have a Facebook page. Say if the I'll get a pie in the face or something. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. But again, I want to take the win. So I'm going to take the Patriots. <laughs> All, right, yeah. All right. All right, Brad. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, and it's been fun. I, I like this. I like this different format. It's it's I think it's more I think it's different. And I'm uh, I'm hoping that the people who listen are also enjoying it. Yeah, man, it was fun. I appreciate it, Robert. Thanks for having me on. Sir. All right. No problem, man. Talk to you later. Yep. All right, folks, we're back for another fantasy football session. And with me, as always, is the one and only, the man who has the Fantasy Football 101, the Facebook page as well, but nonetheless, Jonathan Nardone. How are you today, buddy? I'm good, Robert. How about yourself, man? Thank you for having me. Oh, of course, of course, and I'm all right. All right, so let's talk a little fantasy football. Uh, Before we we started, uh, we were talking a little bit about a – about a tight end that I don't think anybody's talked about, but we'll get into that later if you would like. But uh, just, yeah, go ahead. Just Actually, I want to start with him because he's the, okay. the the biggest gamble, 100% by far the biggest gamble that could end up paying off. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to hit pay dirt twice or have 100 yards, but somebody you probably have not heard of, his name is Max Williams for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he 
caught all three of his targets last week for 36 yards and a touchdown from Kyler Murray. And heading into this week, heading into week seven, he's actually caught all of his targets. Now, how, how do you say that? There's, he's the only tight end that must've done that. That's right. It was because he only has seven, but last week was the first week that he actually had more than one in a game. He had all three, caught all three, like I mentioned, and the giants last year ranked 32nd amongst the league in defending tight ends. They allowed a league most 15 touchdowns last year to tight ends. He is a gamble for somebody that may have an OJ Howard issue on a buy, Greg Olson on a buy, somebody that might've just lost a Will Disley, depending on how deep your league is, somebody that you could take a look at. And I'm not saying you're going to like what you see on paper, but Max Williams could be somebody worth taking a gamble on if you're needing that tight end this week. Okay. And you know what? Speaking of him, uh, you know, I play a little, uh, I play a little DraftKings. So, uh, and so, you know, maybe you think maybe he's a guy that I could take a gamble on to get really cheap. And so really? I can spend money, get, yeah, so I can spend money elsewhere. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would, I would like it if they did. If he pans out, they just might. But nonetheless, yeah. uh, but nonetheless, Opposite. um, right. Opposite Go ahead. Him. Hunter Henry, uh, somebody that should be owned in all leagues, probably is owned in all leagues. If for whatever reason you're in a league that's shallow enough that he is not owned, pick him up immediately. Caught all, he'll call eight of his nine targets for 100 yards and two touchdowns last week. Granted, two, both of those touchdowns were in the fourth quarter when the Chargers had to play comeback, but that's a good thing for fantasy owners. We've seen Mike Williams struggle to stay healthy. And even though the Steelers last week locked down Allen, Williams, and Henry combined for 19 total targets. So there's a good chance that Henry himself has kind of inserted himself back into that and established himself back as that really that red zone addition, or red zone target, which is what Rivers really needs. Um, that would be fantastic for, for fantasy owners as well. And also Hunter Henry is going against a Titans defense who, uh, you know, doesn't have the greatest ability to stop tight ends. Just yeah, a little tidbit from yeah. Linebackers core is kind of kind of weak on that end. I'm sorry, buddy. I know you're a Titans fan. <laughs> Man, I, I've 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 been seeing it for years. So it's yeah, it, it's just one of those things. It's it's a tidbit that I that I look into uh, every time I want to. You know, every time I see whatever team the Titans are playing, I'm like, huh, who's that starting tight end? <laughs> so absolutely, uh, yeah. Those are guys. Uh, Travis, in a couple of weeks, whenever the Chiefs take on the Titans, Travis Kelsey is going to have a get-right game. That's for sure. I'm uh, hoping so. I'm pretty sure well, every Kelsey owner is hoping for that as well. Well, the last time that they played each other, he was knocked out of the game, uh, and due to a uh, due to a uh, head-to-head uh, contacted uh, uh, tackle uh, by a guy who's no longer on the Titans. So, but still, uh, I'm sure that Travis Kelsey would love to have a good game and he will. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, yeah. So who else is some guys that we need to be looking at this week? I think a get right game for a quarterback this week is Jared Goff. Uh, unfortunately he's playing in Atlanta, which is the downside. We know Goff doesn't play that great on the road with how, with how bad the Falcons secondary and defense has actually played consistently this year he's worth taking that gamble. I mean, he threw for 78 yards last week on 13 completions. Uh, it's not going to get much worse than that if you're a golf owner. Uh, and at this point, if it does, really, they need to look elsewhere. But with the what? Falcon, they, they allowed Kyler Murray last week to just throw for three touchdowns and 340 yards. The week before that, Deshaun Watson had a field day, 426 yards and five touchdowns. 
And even your guy, Marcus Mariota, back in week four threw for three touchdowns and 227 yards. So there's a really good chance that golf here at least puts up touchdowns. You might not see the, the, the greatest of yards like a Watson or a Kyler Murray last week, but two, 225 yards and three touchdowns is very feasible for Jared Goff and, and very rewardable for any fantasy owner that, that rolls with him this week. I agree. Uh, well, I mean, I agree for the most part. You know, I know that he hasn't been good on the road, but uh, yeah, everything points in the way of uh, the Rams. They they need this win, that's for sure. And uh, I think Jared Goff will know that. Uh, and then I know that you may not want to get into him yet, and if you don't, but I know that you have something you'd like to say about Malcolm Brown. But if you don't want to get into him yet, then you don't have to. Oh, absolutely. No, I'll jump right to him real quick. We'll stick with the Rams. Um, with and if Todd Gurley is unable to go, Malcolm Brown kind of rolls in as that number two and rolls in as a number two, solid number two running back this week uh, against the Falcons, who have really themselves struggled uh, to contain running backs. Uh, especially in the past couple of weeks. And again, just mentioning teams like we went with Arizona, Houston, and Tennessee if past three games. David Johnson was questionable last week coming in with a back injury. Didn't expect him to play. Didn't know how productive he was actually going to be. Still ended up with two touchdowns and over 100 yards, 100 total yards. Carlos Hyde two weeks ago didn't have the greatest yards per carry average where he only averaged 60 yards on 21 carries, but he still scored. And then prior to that, back in week four, your guy, Derrick Henry, went off for 100 yards on 27 carries. So there's a really good chance that against this Falcons defense, and even the offense that has struggled at times, there's a good chance that Malcolm Brown could actually chunk out some yards and see a nice goal line carry. They just signed a new offense or they signed a new offensive guard, Austin Corbett, who hadn't made it onto the field with the offensive line desperate Browns. So I'm curious as to see how he's going to pan out. But with the Rams losing Joseph Noteboom, there's a good chance that he at least fills that spot at some point here in the next couple of weeks. Downside to Malcolm Brown is the Rams offense line has really, really struggled this year. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Gurley's has, that's why we've seen Gurley be utilized more so in the passing game and less in the rushing attack where he's really focused in getting his carries down inside the red zone. So if, it, if, if the Rams can move the ball successfully against Atlanta, which I do believe they'll be able to, Malcolm Brown should at least see at least one carry inside the five. What about a guy like Daryl Henderson? Can he take – he looked like he took a few, you know, some snaps away from uh, Malcolm Brown this past week. Uh, and so what do, I, what do we expect out of him? Do we – is he maybe a guy – is he, if, if you have to have a running back this week due to, say, CMC being on, you know, bye week and, and, and whatnot, um, if you have to have a running back this week, is he maybe a guy who, if you had to have a running back, you would uh, look into? Just based on matchup, absolutely. He's not going to be somebody that's going to be utilized in the passing game. That's where they're going to stick with Brown because he's sure hands. They do like Henderson. They drafted Henderson. They went up. They drafted. They they moved up to get Henderson. But again, seven touches last week. He had just over forty-five total yards. He's somebody that could be worth stashing. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a situation where you're desperate for a running back, yeah, he's somebody that I think I would gamble on. But I think I would go elsewhere, possibly towards a wide receiver, um, even possibly someone like a Royce Freeman if he was available. I do like Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. Lindsay's a solid number two, somebody to roll with. But I would roll a Royce Freeman over a Daryl Henderson simply based on total touches. 
Um, and I'll, I'll get into that real quick with Royce Freeman. Okay. Freeman has put up solid numbers in pretty much every week thus far. He's still searching for his first touchdown, but he has at least 10 carries in each week, but week four. He's rushed for at least 50 yards in four of the six weeks. He has at least five targets in five or in four of the six weeks. Keep with me here. Four receptions in four of those six weeks. He has 15 total touches in five of six games. But like I mentioned, he's still searching for that first touchdown. He's produced at least 75 yards in four of those six games as well. He's somebody that is under the radar right now that could be stashed and well utilized as a number three fantasy running back. And if he's available and a Daryl Henderson is available, I'm going Freeman over Henderson simply because of his workload. All right. Um, and, and me, I, um, I don't, uh, from a fantasy standpoint on myself, I don't need either one of them ex- unless, of course, Saquon Barkley happens to not come back this late, but it looks as if he's going to. Uh, hopefully, uh, I, have two, I have two teams that desperately need him to be back, so I uh, definitely need him to be back. But uh, nonetheless, I, I, I get the guy asked that more or less because I know you know you have a James Conner on by week as, week, as well this week. So uh, CMC, James Conner, I mean – Somebody out there, right, Nick Chubb as well. Yeah, didn't even think about that. Uh, You know, you also have, of course, you – I mean, you have a couple of uh, running backs for the the Buccaneers. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they start nonetheless, if they're starters on your team. But, I mean, they probably are for somebody, maybe a deeper league. But, but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that – I think that Henderson – you know, maybe his value moving forward isn't bad. Uh, I think I was going to ask you about a, a running back by the name of Benny Snail is yeah, his value. Do you think his value is uh, this is, he's obviously on bye week this week, but if you're not, if you're not high up on the waiver wire and he's sitting there after the waivers go through or after, you know, with the ability to just pick him right up, do you maybe do that and that and stash him with Jalen Samuels probably still going to be out a couple of weeks after. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, the, the bye week came at the perfect time for Connor owners, as well as for James Connor. Um, we right. saw him get the past two weeks, actually. So this was actually a really nice time for them to have their buy. It doesn't usually come like that for most teams and players. It hurts fantasy owners, of course, because Connor has been productive. Yes, Benny, Snell, Benny is definitely somebody worth snagging, especially because Samuels is expected to be out at least two more weeks once they come back from a buy. So there's a good chance that you at least get some kind of production out of him. And without as comfortable as they seem to look with him, as explosive as he actually looked coming off the bench, you might end, end up actually getting some nice little production out of him for a couple of weeks. Right. Uh, all right. So I know we talked about uh, if that's it for the running backs. I know we talked about some wide receivers that you uh, that you have your eye on this week. There's a few guys, actually, like I mentioned about Jared Goff, uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks all look to have solid matchups, though. I wouldn't exactly feel confident starting cooks um cup and woods have definitely been the go-tos with cooks being the down the field guy but as i mentioned atlanta has been destroyed by quarterbacks in the past three weeks 11 touchdowns total through the air cooper cup robert woods i do believe both find the end zone brandon cooks falls short of the end zone but i do believe he surpasses 100 yards so between the trio i would roll cup then woods and then cooks if I, if I had the option, granted, 
hopefully nobody has those three because that's real serious headache for you. But a few other guys that I actually like this week, first off, welcome back Tyreek Hill. Um, right. Right. I mean, absolutely amazing game. Only caught 50% of his targets. Now he is somebody that you should roll every week, but have some hindered limitations and expectations on what he can produce because we have seen Mahomes make a different wide receiver relevant every week. Sammy right. Watkins week one, Demarcus Robinson week two, Nicole Hardman week three, Byron Pringle week five. Who? <laughs> Tyreek Hill is definitely somebody you need to roll with every week simply because of what he has, but have some lowered expectations on that. Uh, a Cortland Sutton in that same game, just across the field, Cortland Sutton for Denver has been extremely consistent. Floor level of production has been amazing. He's at least mm-hmm. 60 plus yards in five of six games. He has seen no less than seven targets in every week. He has, he has recorded at least four catches in every game and he's played on at least 89% of the offensive snaps in five of the six weeks. Kansas city has been tough against wide receivers they have allowed teams to run against them. Teams have been tough against uh, Kansas city has been tough against wide receivers, but Sutton has been the number one go-to for Flacco. It's a Thursday night game. And there's a good chance that Emmanuel Sanders does not play. I'm rolling Sutton as a solid number two this week. Okay. Uh, and is that, is that it for the, is that no, there's one the, more guy that I got. Okay. All right. Michael Gallup and everybody knows about him and just based on matchup against the Eagles we know the Eagles and I've talked about the Eagles secondary and I'm beating a dead horse against this but they have been completely eviscerated by wide receivers I mean destroyed now last week they just got beat up by Diggs for three touchdowns the week before that they allowed multiple touchdowns excuse me I have to scroll back through this um with Amari Cooper potentially dinged up and not playing, that's a big if. Even if he does play, there's a chance that he's just a decoy. I really think this is a solid game for Gallup, who has been extremely productive in the couple of games that he's played. Now, he missed a few weeks because of the injury, but in the games that he has played, which is only four, he's been at least 60 yards or 100 yards and a touchdown. So, The two games that he had prior to coming into week five, two weeks ago, 158 yards, caught all seven targets. 68 yards, six of eight targets. And then against Green Bay, seven for 113 and a touchdown on 14 targets. He has at least seven targets in every game that he's played. He's caught at least four passes in every game that he plays. Now he gets the Eagles secondary. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that there's a good chance that if Amari Cooper's quad ankle leg issue there could be a real big game coming for Gallup okay uh you know another guy uh you you mentioned a guy by the name of Stefan Diggs was it possibly matchup do we can we trust Diggs um or you think he's uh he's merely still a just a boom bust candidate it's a tough of course what he's coming off of you you want to hope you know you have that yeah, yeah, you have to hold on to that hope. Now, it's nice to see Cousins throw the ball in back-to-back weeks. That's not something that we were really expecting. We knew that he had a good matchup. We didn't think that he was going to come out airing the ball out like they did. So it was nice to see that 
kind of showed that consistent, it kind of showed that what we were talking about was right. I mean, they still ran the ball for 20 times. Granted, Cook only had 40 yards and Madison closed the game out with 60 plus yards. Um, but it was a solid of enough showing. I do believe that it would be worth rolling with Diggs again this week. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've actually strained um, the, QB, the QB position with Kirk Cousins the last two weeks, and uh, he's definitely not disappointed, that's for sure. And not by the way, uh, you know, he done so well this past week that, uh, that he got uh, Zach Brown, the linebacker for the Eagles, uh, he got him released from the Eagles because uh, Zach Brown, yeah, he, uh, I think he opened his mouth at the wrong time. That's for sure. But uh, this question, if you were rolling with a quarterback, as in Dak Prescott or Josh Allen, who would you roll with, roll with this week? Josh Allen taking on the Dolphins, but, I mean, Dak's taking on a horrible secondary in the Eagles. I'm going Dak. Just because there's a good chance that Carson wins in a division matchup makes it a solid of enough game to where you get production out of both quarterbacks. I like Dak against the Eagles. Josh Allen has a great matchup against the Dolphins on paper. They're 0-6. They're the worst team in the league. The Eagles' secondary rivals the Dolphins. Like, it's that bad. Okay. Uh, Also, I just saw the news. I don't know if you did. But Washington, Washington's Washington Redskins running back Chris Thompson looks to be missing the game this week. I, he's probably not on the radar for a lot of for obviously a lot of uh, teams. But uh, I think that that probably brings the I uh, probably brings the Adrian Peterson value up. I, mean, I would think so. I would uh, hope so. They're they're playing the 49ers, so may, you know I don't That's know if. Not necessarily startable, but you know he's not going to get twenty three carries again like he did last week against the Dolphins. We it, that was a completely one hundred percent. We haven't had a lot of these, but that was a very predictable game. It was a shame that he didn't find his way into the end zone. That was the downside, but he did have two catches. That's normally about what he is, but unfortunately, San Francisco's offense has been on fire. And AP is not the pass catching back that he once was. I I believe he still has the abilities, but he doesn't have the Chris Thompson shiftiness and the ability to make guy that first guy miss. So I don't think we're going to see a lot of AP next week or granted even the week after that against Minnesota, but the way to beat Minnesota has been on the ground. So it's kind of interesting where I'm hoping to see at some point a Dwayne Haskins involvement and then really kind of commit to him and let this, let them see what they have in that. And I think that will ultimately, hopefully, ultimately and hopefully open up the running game if Haskins can come in and and just chuck the ball around. All right. Well, Jonathan, if that is all, my friend, uh, I have appreciated you being on once again this week. And, uh, And as always, you can find Jonathan at Fantasy Football 101 on Facebook. He is always open to give advice and uh, like I say, a lot of times he's helped me many of times uh, whenever I was drafting or whenever I had a question, uh, you know, for instance, the Dak Prescott versus Josh Allen question. Uh, you know, that is uh, now I kind of use this platform to also ask him my questions, but but he probably gets multiple texts from me during the week, you know, just to say, hey, man, is this guy worth it to start or pick up, you know, <laughs> But nonetheless, he will be he will be glad to also take those questions from you on his Facebook page at Fantasy Football One Hundred and One. 
And uh, and again, he's he's a I, I say he's an expert at fantasy football. He may not say that, but I, I say he's pretty good at it. So. Thank you, Robert. Thank you so much, buddy. And I, I wish you the best this week. Good luck and have a good weekend. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's talk a little college football, shall we? Uh, you know, not a whole lot of really interesting games this week. I mean, you have you have games like USLA and, and Stanford. You have games like Pitt versus uh, – or Pittsburgh, Pitt versus Syracuse. Ohio State taking on Northwestern. Uh, well, that game was better, would have been better if Northwestern was better, uh, like I thought maybe they would have been this year. Purdue versus number 23, Iowa. That may be a really good game. Probably should be. I look through here. I see Auburn versus Arkansas. Auburn's going to Arkansas. I don't think that'll be a good game um, necessarily, but uh, it's an SEC game nonetheless. Haven't really talked much about Arkansas this year. Uh, they haven't done much, so uh, I guess that's why. Wisconsin taking on uh, Illinois. Um, Illinois, I'm sorry. My apologies. Uh, I know that there is someone who will be listening who would absolutely, who may be listening nonetheless, who would absolutely hate for me to hear me say Illinois when it's Illinois. No, nonetheless. Wisconsin should be able to win that game. Number six in the country. I mean, they are... Wisconsin's not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, you know, waiting for that matchup between them and Ohio State. That should happen. Iowa State versus Texas Tech. That's a, that's a game that could be good. Clemson taking on Louisville. Number three, Clemson. They've fallen to number three after LSU's big win over Florida. Florida taking on South Carolina. South Carolina just upset Georgia. South Carolina playing at home. I'm not saying that South Carolina can upset Florida, but uh, I don't think you can. I think anything can happen with that game. West Virginia taking on Oklahoma. Uh, Well, last year that would have been a good game. Oklahoma should be able to win that game, though. I look through here again. I mean, I see some other. I mean, I see some other games. TCU, Kansas State, probably be an alright game. Um, Oregon State, Cal should be a good game. You know, I'm I'm just looking through here. LSU versus Mississippi State. That's the big game on CBS. That's the best game from the best conference. Uh, I actually disagree. I would think South Carolina Florida is probably a better game, but uh, LSU Mississippi State. Mississippi State got. Uh, got beat by the Tennessee Volunteers last week. I don't expect Mississippi State to be able to win this game. I expect LSU to be able to run wild on them. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking again, looking through here. Appalachian State, number 24 in the country, taking on Louisiana Monroe. App State, you would think they can win that game. Duke versus Virginia, I think that that's a, that's a good game. UNC versus Virginia Tech, hey, ah, that's not a bad game either. Again, not a whole lot of, uh, you know, not a whole lot of games. Uh, number 19, SMU, taking on Temple. It should be a good game. Number 20, Minnesota, taking on Rutgers. Should be able to beat Rutgers for Minnesota, I would think, right? All right, Oregon versus Washington. That's probably the, the biggest game of the week or one of the bigger games of the week, and uh, that should be a good game. That should That's a game Oregon needs to win. Washington needs to win that as well. Tulsa taking on number 21, Cincinnati. Can Cincinnati continue to do well? Uh, again, look through here. Number 18, Baylor taking on Oklahoma State. Should be a good game. 
Uh, Oklahoma State, that's probably a... It's, yeah, uh, Missouri taking on Vandy. Vandy's defense is not good. Uh, it's not good at all. Missouri should be able to run away with this one. Arizona State versus Utah, that's a big game. Utah, they're kind of having a down year from what we thought it would be. Now, they're still number 13 in the country, but they need, uh, they need to win this game. That's for sure. Kentucky taking on number 10, Georgia. Listen, Georgia just lost to South Carolina. I don't want to sit here and act like Kentucky can't win this game because I think they can. I doubt that they will, but, I mean, if South Carolina can beat them, why can't Georgia? Or why can't Kentucky? Tulane's taking on Memphis. Memphis, uh, you know, they they were doing really well and then lost a, then lost a, a close one to Tulsa last week. Uh, big old rivalry between Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Kansas versus Texas. Texas, they need a bounce back game from the Oklahoma game. They, they need to win this game. And, uh, they should be able to. Again, looking through here, Colorado, Washington State's probably not a bad game. UCS falling out of the top 25, taking on East Carolina. Definitely should win that game. Texas A&M versus Ole Miss. It's an SEC game that... Texas A&M should be able to handle uh, with Ole Miss, but it's hey, it's it's in, it's at Ole Miss. Mid number sixteen, Michigan versus number seven, Penn State. I fully expect Penn State to be able to win that game. I think Michigan, I being ranked number sixteen, I think that's too high for them. Number one, Alabama taking on Tennessee. Tennessee got their first win against the uh, against Mississippi State last week. SEC win that is second win of the year. Yeah, they don't have a chance against Alabama, not one chance. And the last game that's pretty interesting, well, two really. You got Boise State versus BYU, number fourteen. Boise State versus BYU, not a bad game. I mean, that's that's uh, that's kind of a nightcap game. And uh, if you're staying up that late to watch that, you are uh, you might be treated to a, a good game. Nevada versus Utah State, that might be also a good game. Arizona versus USC. And then finally, the the latest game is Air Force versus Hawaii in Hawaii. You want to see some beautiful scenery? Watch that game. And that's really for your week eight. That's that's about it. And uh, the college football season, eh, you know, the games aren't as good as they were last week. But, hey, uh, got college football. I love college football. All right. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about baseball first and foremost in the news segment, and that is, uh, you know, the Astros, it's into the fifth. They're currently up on the Yankees in New York, two to nothing. Uh, The Astros, they tied it up uh, with Correa and his walk-off home run. Uh, Great, great, uh, just, I mean, just great. I mean, the series tied one at one. We actually have a series in that. Uh, the Nationals currently up against the Cardinals. They are three and zero in the series, and uh, they could finish it out tonight. And uh, I'm a Cardinals fan, but I fully expect for the Nationals to um, to to close it out either tonight or tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just I, I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't even know what to say. I really don't. Uh, some that those 13 runs that the Cardinals scored against the Braves, the 10 in the first inning. Can we have some of those back and use them in these games? I just, I don't know what to say. 
Uh, maybe they can, if they can get it, if the Cardinals can get it back to St. Louis, I think that they have a really good chance, but they're going to have to get it. They're going to have to get back. They're going to have to get it back to, uh, they're going to have to get it back to, uh, yeah. I mean, they're going to have to get it back to St. Louis. All right. Some news out of the NFL, New England Patriots defensive end, Michael Bennett, he was not present at the Tuesday practice for the for the Patriots. He's been suspended for conduct detrimental to the team. Uh, so him and uh, defensive line coach Brett Bilema, Bilema, uh they had a um, they had a disagreement uh, um, last Friday, and uh, you know I just, I don't know it's a uh, it's a it's a distraction that uh, that the Patriots. They don't deal with that. They don't. They're not cool with that. Not in an organization ran by Bill Belichick. And hey, that's not a bad thing. The Saints' uh, cornerback PJ Williams he suspended two games for violating the substance abuse policy. Um, you know, he, he started five or six games this year, and he's suspended the next two weeks. They have a big game against the Bears, and uh, you know the Bears' offense isn't that great. But hey, nonetheless. It, that's not good for their defense. All right, so uh, Gerald Green of the Rockets, um, he, he apparently and likely has suffered a Liz Frank fracture and in his left foot in his left foot that will uh, end his uh, season this year. The Rams, we talked about a little earlier with Brad, they dealed uh, Pro Bowl cornerback Marcus Peters to the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens trying to get better on their defense. The The Rams saying, well, we're not that good of a defense with Marcus Peters. How good of a defense can we be without him? Nonetheless. All right, so I think the biggest thing that we want to talk about uh, and and, and I'm going to get a little political here. I got political about this last week, but I'm going to get political about it again. Um, LeBron James. <sighs> I don't get what LeBron James is trying to do here. His words were, yes, we do have freedom of speech. But at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen when you're not thinking about others, when you only think about yourself. So many people could have been harmed, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So just be careful what we tweet and what we say and what we do. Even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, it can be a lot of negative that comes with it. And then, yeah, basically uh, he went on to say that uh, GM of the Rockets and Daryl Morey uh, is basically, uh, you know, uneducated on the subject. Uh, Daryl Morey is been, had gotten in trouble by the NBA for uh, siding with the protesters in China over the Hong Kong situation. Now, you can look up the Hong Kong situation and the reason why there's a protest and everything as much as you want. Okay, I'm not going to get into that. I'm strictly going to stick to the sports part of this. But LeBron James... I will say this, my man. I think you. I think you forget. I think you've forgotten what has gone on, has happened in this world 
I think you I think you have forgotten about what what you try to represent. You try to represent a more a a, a moral high ground. Well, this is a situation where you should be not defending China, not defending the NBA, and not defending Adam Silver. You should be on the side of Maury in this case. But that's okay. That's okay. Some people sell out. But never mind. There are there are people angry. I mean, there's people angry about what LeBron James said. There's people, um, you know, they're they're burning his jersey, you know. And listen, LeBron James, he has out freedom of speech as well, and he can say whatever he wants. But he's got to lower. He's got to realize there's ramifications to what he says. And uh, you know that's pretty much what happened in this case. And this is a story that is just now heating up. And if you don't know about the Hong Kong situation. I I encourage you to learn about it. Uh, it's a story that um, that people should know about, and you definitely need to know about it before before you talk about it. And I think Daryl Morey, I think he knew about it, LeBron. So sorry, but uh, you know, and I said this last week. I was excited for the NBA season. I may not have said this on air, but I know I said it. I was excited for the NBA season. This has put a damper on how excited I am. Now, I'm still excited. And I'm a Memphis Grizzlies fan. I'm, I'm excited to see how good they can do this year. I don't expect them to make the playoffs, but uh, they got a lot of young talent. I want to see how they can do with that young talent. I'll be catching a few games and everything like that. But nonetheless, yeah, it's... Uh, I, don't even, I don't even know what to, what to think at this moment about this. But nonetheless... Uh, it's, that's the news, and, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think the, the most important thing about the news right now, you got Major League Baseball playoffs, I mean, it's the NLCS, the ALCS, uh, come next week, we'll be, uh, we should be in the World Series, uh, or at least know who the teams are playing for the World Series, and, yeah, and we'll talk about that. And uh, make it a little more in-depth about that. But nonetheless, um, right now it looks like it's going to be the Nats versus the Nationals versus, uh, you know, I don't know, the Astros or the Yankees. So, all right. And that's all I have for you with the news. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> to add to the news, breaking news, the Jacksonville Jaguars have just traded... Jalen Ramsey, cornerback Jalen Ramsey, for to the Los Angeles Rams, which I guess definitely shows why they traded Marcus Peters. But he's been traded to the L.A. Rams for two first-round picks in 2020 and 2021 and a fourth-round pick in 2021. So they're going all in to make that defense better for the Rams. And... Well, I mean, Jalen Ramsey's he's better than Marcus Peters. Uh Aqib Talib just went on IR. Uh the the Rams, uh, they're they're wanting to they're wanting they're saying, hey, we gotta do something. You know, our defense needs help. And so uh the Rams have just done that. And so um yeah. Uh 
<laughs> I don't know what to, I don't know what else to say. Uh, Marcus Peters, he's going to make his debut with the Ravens this Sunday against the Seahawks, and Jalen Ramsey will probably make his debut this Sunday against the Falcons with the Rams. Um, and so it's looking better and better that I picked the Rams to win that game, even though I was, you know, I, I was okay with picking the Falcons. But a uh, huge trade, huge trade, and yeah, that's uh, that's the news. And that's going to do it for another edition of the Golden Point Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Foster, and I ask that you like and follow us on Facebook at Golden Point Sports. And as always, I hope you have a great and blessed day.